Welcome to this podcast from the City of Derry International Choir Festival. My name is Lorcan Doherty and you're listening to the voices of Chanticleer, America's premier a cappella vocal ensemble. At this year's festival, we're presenting Chanticleer's concert film, After a Dream, very much of our time, inspired by the collective experience of the past year and a half of the pandemic. It's beautifully shot in California and includes a wonderful range of music, including this Monteverdi, Laura, Jerusalem, Domino. To find out more about Chanticleer and After a Dream, I spoke to Tim Keeler and Jared Packenkopf. Hi, my name's Tim. Uh, Tim Keeler, I'm the music director of Chanticleer. I started uh, in August 2020 as music director. So in the middle of this whole pandemic, um, it's been a wild ride over this past year and a half, but uh, here we are sort of on the other side of things, having learned a lot in the process. And we're excited to be, um, you know, finally back, but still still doing this digital virtual concerts that I don't think will ever go away. Um, I sang in the group for a year before I joined as music director. I sang in 2017 and I stood right next to Jared singing countertenor. So maybe I'll pass it off to him now. Perfect. Um, hi, everybody. My name is Jared. Um, I'm the actually Tim's number two. I'm the assistant music director of Chanticleer. Um, this is my seventh season in the ensemble, um, and I did sing with Tim a few years ago. And so now it's a, a different sort of relationship with him being my boss now. But um, I think we get along just smashingly. So it's a lot of fun. And yeah, this has been a really um, a big year for us. Um, a lot of growth has happened and a lot of uh, kind of a new way of thinking about how we present concerts in Chanticleer for um, many years. We just, you know, went on the road and sang concerts uh, live, but we had to rethink all of that. But we're kind of in this brave new world and we are forging ahead. We can talk a little bit later about the video performance that, uh, you know, people at the City of Derry International Choir Festival can see, which is After Dream, and it's a really stunning piece of art. But just, I mean, you've both mentioned there that you're, you're both countertenors. And I'm just wondering, some of our listeners might be um, singing in choirs and there's soprano alto tenor bass and they might be thinking, OK, what's well, a countertenor? So maybe just explain a bit about the group in, in terms of the makeup of uh, Chanticleer. Sure. Um, so uh, just a, a very brief history. Uh, Chanticleer was started way back in 1978. And one of the reasons that we were founded was because our founder, Louis Botto, was interested in early music. That's music from the Renaissance, obviously. And um, a lot of that music was sung primarily just with men because women were not allowed to participate in church services. And a lot of the music that survives is, is, is church music, liturgical music. So he was very interested to know what that music would sound like if it could be performed kind of as close to the original uh, intention as possible. And so instead of getting, you know, young boys to sing with him, as you see in a lot of church choirs, um, choirs of men and boys, he collected a few countertenors to sing those upper parts. Uh, so countertenors are men that essentially sing in their head voice or falsettos, and they would sing the, the soprano and alto parts of, of, of a piece of music. And so throughout our history, we've always had a hefty contingency of countertenors in our ensemble. Right now we have three sopranos, three altos, 
that go along with our three tenors and three basses. Um, but we all sing, um, we all sing primarily in our head voices. Uh, and that's kind of what Chanticleer is known for is being one of the only all-male acapella ensembles that encompasses all the voice parts. Um, there are very few ensembles here in the United States, especially that do that. Um, there are more over um, on your side of the Atlantic that <laughs> that have this configuration, but um, it's kind of a specialized uh, voice type, and Chanticleer has always prided itself on on championing the countertenor voice. It's an amazing sound. What's it like to work with the group? You know, what's the difference if you're standing in front of the ensemble and you've got countertenors? Is it different if you're standing in front of a a group that has female voices too? Yeah, yeah, it's a good good question. And, um, you know, there's like a a long tradition of sort of, um, you know, male choruses or men are core or, or things like this sort of all around the world, really. And having countertenors sort of just extends that sound a little higher. So it's a very, I would say, sort of homogenous sound in that um, the sort of overtones and the like physical way that the voices are sounding are very similar across the entire range from soprano to bass. So the opportunities for really um, intricate sort of blend, I think, are, are much higher in this configuration than potentially with a, a mixed ensemble. That's not to say that, you know, there are some fabulous mixed ensembles that have amazing blend, but it's a certain unique sort of timber that a uh, Chanticleer has because it's all this countertenor through bass range. And so, um, you know, there's a, I always describe this sort of warm sound it's the sound that i really love that chanticleer can produce because we all have this homogenous way of singing uh, it's it's it also you know it restricts a little bit some of the repertoire because while we do sing soprano through bass um none of our countertenors at the moment are you know sort of stratospheric countertenors <laughs> that are going to sing at the top of the treble clef for an entire concert although we've have had those countertenors in the ensemble in the past um, but uh, it is it does change things a little bit so uh, you know we're not going to be singing um, any outrageously high stuff let's talk about after a dream there's a beautiful video to talk about, but first, why don't you talk a little bit about the repertoire, the musical side of things? Because, well, you've already mentioned um, Renaissance polyphony, and there's plenty of that, but there's also more modern music in there as well. Yeah, that's one of the things I love so much about Chanticleer, and Jared, you can speak to this too, but yes, we started with Renaissance music um, way back in 1978. That was sort of how we got started Um, but we've since gone on to sing pretty much everything and I think we've got pretty much everything on this concert and that's that's what I love about Chanticleer is that we kind of do it all you know we sing um there's Monteverdi on the program but there's also uh you know Desiree like straight up pop music at the very end of the concert Um, and some 
um, romantic music in the middle and some rather experimental music as well. Uh, it's, it's, it sort of runs the gamut, um, which I think is thrilling. And how does it work, you know, when you're rehearsing, is it, do you just go from one to the other? Or do you think, okay, right, now today's a Renaissance day, we're going to work on our Monteverdi and, and focus on that? Or, or do you just mix things up? Like, you just go from Desiree to Forte in the space of 10 minutes? We certainly have. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, um, it, since we do the concert as a, you know, we have to sing all these different styles, it, it makes sense that we would rehearse all these different styles, you know, kind of, as a mixed bag. And so we do definitely, you know, shift gears rather quickly from, you know, Orazio Vecchi right into, you know, Gene Perling, a vocal jazz arranger of On a Clear Day. And, you know, that's that's a really, um, it's good for our ears and our voices to kind of shift gears like that because it keeps us, you know, limber and and sort of um, open to what we need to do because uh, we do sing all these styles and all these styles take a little bit of different um, vocal discipline um, or, or slightly different tuning or, you know, something that uh, we definitely need to work on specifically in each song. Um, so it is good for us to jump back and forth between all these different styles on a regular basis. The other thing that I, I think is sort of crucial to what we do is, is drawing the connections between the different styles because while like music has changed in you know, the past 400 years, people, people really haven't changed. And so it's amazing how many similarities there are between these different styles of repertoire. Um, you can have somebody writing in the 1600s that is trying to evoke the same thing that somebody who is writing today is trying to say. And so like finding those parallels and finding those through lines and having the ability to do them both back to back is something that's, I think, really exciting about Chantifier. So the concert is entitled After a Dream. Is there kind of a concept behind the whole program that, that kind of ties into that, would you say? Or is it just a, a nice title that also obviously references the, the foray that kind of comes in the middle, the Abraham Rev? No, it, it's a fairly deliberate title and a fairly deliberate mix of songs that um, captures sort of what I hope everyone's feeling nowadays, something that I certainly am feeling, uh, which is that the past year and a half has sort of been a bit of a dream. <laughs> Not to be put, you know, too uh, on the nose about it, but, um, you know, I, I find myself now sort of reflecting on the past year and being like, wow, I literally didn't leave my apartment for weeks at a time. Uh, what was that world I was living in? What was that sort of foggy, hazy dream world I was living in. Um, and so we explore that 
side of things, um, you know, with songs like Après en Rêve and some very, this experimental piece of music by Carlos Rafael Rivera, it feels like you're in a dream. Uh, and then we also sing about what's on the other side of it. So this is the, the after a dream part. And so what it feels like now to be finally awake and finally um, able to make music, maybe not exactly like we were making music before, but still making music and still sharing it with people. Um, and so there's a lot of celebration also in the program. Going back to the start of the program then, it starts with a, a very interesting piece, which, if I'm not wrong, was commissioned by Chanticleer. Uh, why don't you tell us about that, both the piece and, and the video that goes al along with it as well. It's very interesting. Uh, yeah, that is an interesting video. Um, I can talk about the music. Uh, so we um, were very excited to commission this young composer, Ayana Woods, who lives in Chicago. Uh, we commissioned her during the pandemic to write something for us. Um, as a side note, new music is is one of our platforms. We do try to, to further our art form by commissioning new composers to, or commissioning composers to write new pieces for us as much as we can. And so we approached Ayana to write this piece for us. Um, she uh, took uh, um, her text she made herself. Uh, she took it out of a newspaper article that was written um, in March of 2020 about how Broadway venues should close now. Um, and so she's crafted her own text and, and it doesn't, kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. It's just kind of, um, it's full of questions and like, what on earth does that mean? Um, and so the music, it kind of mimics that. Uh, it's, it starts out very ambiguous and we just hear these like, you know, punches of, of intervals and words and nothing really makes sense and things sort of coalesce in the middle um, until finally you get the words, hone the dexterity of love. And that's really the crux of, of the piece and that after that she says the mask, the path, this could bring us back, um, come back, come back to life is how it ends. And so it's very much kind of representative of, of the way a lot of people have been feeling there during this pandemic about like not knowing quite how to handle yourself and, and you know, we're getting through it and we come to the end and it's, 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 it's really, it ends on an up, an up note, but it's definitely very um, ambiguous. We really like what she, what she made for us. Um, and maybe uh, Tim can tell you about the video since he maybe has more of an understanding about it than I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, so Ayana wrote this gorgeous piece for us, and it, Jared's right, it's, it starts in this ambiguous space and ends with coming back to life, which is that's sort of the trajectory of the whole concert, and it's sort of encapsulated in that first piece. And she did a beautiful job with it. Um, and, you know, when talking with Ayana about what she could write for us back, you know, early in 2020, we were sort of in the middle of everything in the middle of this whole pandemic and trying to figure out like, what are some of the, what are some of the um, salient sort of emotions that are coming out of this or, or 
or modes of, of thinking that are coming out of this. And, and one of the things that's on everybody's mind, especially in the middle of it all, is, is masks. I mean, as simple as it is, everybody's wearing masks. And they hide, they hide something. You know, you, 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 can, you can be somebody else behind a mask. And so that was sort of at the front of our heads and that's sort of what was the inspiration behind this piece. And it became its own thing. And Ayana took that and, and uh, totally uh, explored other paths with it and created this beautiful work. Um, but at the same time as we were talking with her about it, uh, we were also talking with um, a director named Richard Dent, uh, who um, is known for his work with uh, Commedia dell'arte masks. So, you know, these masks that, the smiling masks or like grumpy masks that have their own features sort of built in. And so when we were thinking about sort of a dream world for the beginning of this program, you know, it became readily apparent that the, the, the best thing would be to have Chanticleer wearing these Commedia dell'arte masks in this sort of dreamscape, singing along to Ayana's uh, piece of music. So it makes for, um, it's almost, a, it's, it can be, it's a little bizarre, I'll say, to begin with. Um, but I think it really, it really suits the piece very well because you start out and you'll see when you see the film, it, it's, it's strange at the very top. But then throughout the course of the film, just as, just as the piece goes from this confusing array of notes to come back to life at the end, so too do the ensemble start in these confusing masks and then actually end. I don't want to give it away too much, but... Uh, yeah, no spoilers. Yeah, and... <laughs> and uh, in um, coming back to life themselves, uh, and I think it's it's really I think it's quite moving and and powerful and um, unexpected. But that's some of the best things are unexpected, I think. Yeah, and um, I, I've seen the video. Or, or most, I guess when we're broadcasting this, it's uh, our listeners have still have it to look forward to, um, and it's quite it's quite a start yeah because you're you're immediately in this completely other place that it's certainly not a concert hall either you know so it's not it's not where we expect to see chanticleer or a group of musicians to perform and that immediately just kind of puts us in a place where i was kind of thinking i have no idea what's going to happen next you know <laughs> in a very good way you know it was like i'm going to pay attention here where's this music going where uh, and as well as the choreography then i mean uh what about the place where you recorded not just that piece but um you know there's a few pieces that were recorded outdoors and absolutely stunning settings i have to say yeah uh we were very fortunate to have been put in touch with this the, the man who owns basically a ranch in uh sonoma county north of um san francisco and it's uh it has all these art installations uh on on the ranch um and it's just this wide open space that has all these you you walk over a hill or a crest and you see like this giant marble plinth or you know something very strange or, or in other pieces you can see there's other pieces of art that we use um and it was just it was such a fascinating um opportunity to be able to go and have that also be part of our concert experience to use this visual art as part of our set our stage 
and it was, it was a very neat opportunity that we don't often get to do in Chanticleer. But, you know, uh, what we're, we're reinventing the way that we are not reinventing. We're reimagining how we present concerts. And so, you know, these slightly less um, typical venues is kind of attractive to us. Yeah, I guess it's a beautiful ranch. I guess you may not have done a video like that if it hadn't been for having to maybe think differently because of the pandemic and produce this kind of on this content that works online maybe maybe not but has it kind of changed the kind of creative side of chanticleer as well in 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 some way do you think yeah i think it has you know for most of its history chanticleer has been in the business of standing on a stage and singing a concert um you know as it should have been i mean and that's that's where most music happens is on a concert stage um, but as you said, sort of being in this world where we're forced to reimagine what a concert stage is, it actually in some ways frees us to think outside the box a little bit. And you're, you're allowed to explore things and say, and take chances and say, well, let's try this. <laughs> um, and, and this Oliver Ranch is a perfect setting to do this exploration because each of these art installations by, you know, some rather famous visual artists actually, um, you know, they, they stand on their own as a piece of art and they each, they each represent something on their own. And then to be able to pair it with another piece of art, in this case, a piece of choral music, um, it's, but highlights interesting things about both pieces. So, uh, you know, singing in this, you know, giant cylinder concrete tower, uh, designed by the artist Anne Hamilton on Oliver Ranch. Um, we sing a, a Renaissance motet in this tower. And so the tower itself sort of is, represents its own thing. It has this double helix spiral staircase in the middle with a reflecting pool at the bottom. Uh, and it also highlights the Renaissance music that we're singing inside of it, which you know, would originally have been sung in some sort of cathedral. Um, but now we're singing it in this reimagined cathedral, which is this concrete art sculpture. Um, I think having them paired together um, not only creates something new, but allows the audience to reflect on both individual pieces of art in a new way. say I find it um, a very intense experience watching watching the concert it was almost more intense than like maybe a, a, a in-person concert and mm. I don't know if it's just a concentration thing you know maybe if I'm in a concert hall I would maybe I close my eyes for a little bit or I would get distracted by like looking at the air conditioner I don't know not that I wouldn't yeah. always be paying attention no. to the music but with a video I think 
the whole thing, the performance, the video, the music, I, I find it very like attention grabbing, I suppose. And, and uh, yeah, very um, intense. That's a good, that's a, that's interesting you say that because in some ways when you're watching at your home, you're kind of free to do whatever you want. Like you can fall asleep and nobody's going to nudge you to wake you up or whatever. But also when you're watching at home on a screen, the thing that video cameras, like that puts you right in the face of everybody, you know, they're, they're singing. It's like here, this is happening. And it's like right on your screen. It's like somebody's sweat drops <laughs> dripping down their face. It's like right there. Um, something about that is is more intimate than watching a concert live on stage where you're not right up next to the audience and while you know i don't think there's a replacement for that live experience something about having a a recorded concert especially a a live recorded concert like we were singing live like the Mm -hmm. audio is not pre-recorded in any way so you see us creating the art and you're in our faces for the whole thing it's i can see how that that could be rather intense experience yeah and tim we don't see you in the video do you conduct the ensemble or how does that work yeah great question you know my my title is music director i like to think of it as more music facilitator um chanticleer is one of the things amongst the many things that make chanticleer unique including the countertenors is is that it's an unconducted ensemble so the singers perform without me on stage and they make the music in the moment with themselves which i think creates for an even more thrilling and sort of visceral experience for the audience Um, but i'm i'm there you know behind the scenes uh helping choose repertoire and rehearse the repertoire and and getting it you know up on its feet and then i sort of let the uh, the guys take it away after that so yeah I'm, i'm in the background i actually um i've little got a little cameo in the first number uh, so keep an eye out for okay I'll have to look a little secret. bit closer then. <laughs> closer now closer now yeah that's yeah I didn't even mean that that's the name of the piece of course <laughs> <laughs> And the concert ends on a really joyous note. You know, the last couple of numbers are just pure joy. I, and I take it that was a very deliberate decision. Yeah, sure was. <laughs> sure and was. it looks like you had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, we did. You know, um, we have this new arrangement by a um, professor at San Francisco Conservatory, Jason Hainsworth. He arranged this Desiree piece for us. You gotta be. It's so much fun to sing. Uh, and then Darman Meter of New York Voices arranged a, a Gautier number for uh, one of our previous albums, a uh, piece called I Feel Better. And both of them are just straight up feel good songs. Uh, and you know, we, I've talked so much about being in a dream world. And um, I can't tell you how excited we are, and I'm sure everybody over there is, to be on the other side of that dream world. <laughs> that's, that's where we wanted to end this program. It's an absolutely amazing uh, concert. And, uh, you know, as I said, I've seen it, loved it. Going to watch it again. 
I didn't actually get to see you when you were over in Derry just a couple of years ago, uh, but I heard it was a brilliant concert. Uh, Tim, I, I think we were just chatting before. You weren't there, but Jared, you you were on that uh, on that tour. Yeah, uh, have you any memories of of coming over to Derry? Oh my gosh! Yes, as as I recall, it was beautiful. Um, it was snowing. It was very cold and wet when we were there, um, but everybody was so kind. Um, the church that we sang in was was just this cute little church, but it was very cold. Um, the stone floor was very very cold, um, but the crowd was I'm, so. I'm sensing a theme. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm originally from North uh, Wisconsin um, in the United States, so it's usually very cold there. But once you leave and go live somewhere else, your blood kind of thins out and you don't get used to that anymore. Um, but uh, it was it was just beautiful. Um, uh, we did a master class with a few choirs earlier in the day, um, which was really exciting to work with some of the young people in Derry. And uh, yeah, it was just a really, it was such it's a charming little church and I have such a great memory of it. And I really wish that we could get back there someday soon uh, because I think Derry is, Derry is such a beautiful city. Yeah, it was great. I think it was Christchurch. And I heard that some of the kids that came along to the workshop had actually come up to Belfast and they were so worried about the snow that they even had to sneak out of the concert just a little bit earlier because <laughs> the snow kept coming down. They were thinking, we're not going to get back home again if this continues. So you have to come yeah. back, you know, for those people that missed the last couple of numbers. We will. <laughs> That's a deal. Tim, Jared, thanks so much for talking to us. It's It's been a real pleasure um, having you on this podcast and being part of the City of Derry International Choir Festival this year. It's our pleasure. Thanks so much for having us. We can't wait to be back there in person. And thank you for chatting, Lorcan. It's been a real pleasure. 